to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. I'm excited to continue hearing the Voice of God series that Pastor John Pierce launched so incredibly well last week. Who enjoyed having the Pierces with us? You feel their love? They love this church. They've got a heart for this church. God has a voice and God wants to use his voice to communicate to his creation. God has spoken and God is always speaking, but sometimes we can't hear his voice. Now there's an animal of the canine variety that's living about a street away from where we live. I've never seen this canine I've never seen the canine's owner slash owners. How do I know that it exists? <laughs> Every morning, I wake up. Before I go to work, at some point, I can hear this beautiful creation of God barking. It goes something like this. Woof, 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 woof. Woof, 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 woof. Non- Stop. I've been fast asleep and I've been woken up by the dulcet tones of the wolf. I've been prayer walking past the house. I actually know where this dog lives. And the dog has been barking. I've been sitting outside in our beautiful, peaceful decking area having breakfast and the dog has barked. I've been in the shower thinking about the day and it's been barking. And sometimes I get distracted throughout the morning and other things, other noises are louder for that moment. Things like the, the, the coffee grinder or one of our children uh, uh, singing a song or something like that. And I, and I get distracted for a moment. Then And, and for a, a, a split second, it's like perfection. It's like heaven. It's like eternity. There's, there's no barking. Praise the Lord. But then I stop and I listen And I hear the woof, 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 woof. The dog is always barking. But sometimes I'm not attuned to its bark. God is always speaking. But sometimes we can't hear his voice. He's spoken, he's he's speaking through creation. Just read the Genesis 1 account. How did he create? He spoke. Mark Batterson, in his book, Whisper, writes, What we see today, he once said, his voice is all around us, all the time. He's spoken, he's speaking through Jesus Christ, God in flesh. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. God's love for humanity, the love we were just talking about, God's power over sin, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's forgiveness and freedom have been and continue to be spoken through the life, the death, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. You can't erase Him from history. It happened. 
He happened. God spoke and continues to speak through the Holy Spirit empowered and baptised church. You and I, God is speaking to the world through us. And the amazing thing about the way God speaks through creation, through Christ, through us as His church, and through many other different ways is how profound yet so personal His voice is. How transcendent yet how imminent His voice is. How magnificent yet so near His voice is. God has spoken and is speaking for one purpose. And that purpose is to build with us a relationship of trust. He wants relationship. He calls us His children. He wants to have an active relationship of father and children. He wants us to step into life to the full that He's made a way for us to step into. He wants us aligned, not with the purposes and the plans of the world, not with our purposes and plans that we've created because we're so smart, we're not. He wants to align us with His purposes and plans for our lives. Tyler Statton in praying like monks, living like fools. Get ready for a few quotes today, guys. Jesus hasn't revealed a God we can perfectly understand, but He has revealed a God we can perfectly trust. Trust is the certainty that the listening God hears and cares. Our hope over this series, especially during this upcoming week of prayer and fasting, it's almost here. It's like Christmas. So excited that as we stop, as we wait, as we turn our eyes and our ears to Him, as we seek Him with all of our heart, He will come near to us, that we will hear His voice, that we'll be embraced by His love and that we'll experience His faithfulness that will strengthen our trust in Him. In fact, hearing the voice of God is synonymous with attentive trust. In John 10, and John 10 is a special chapter for us as a church, right? Because our purpose and our purpose circles derive from John 10.10. But earlier on in that chapter... John is, uh, Jesus sorry, is using an analogy of the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep to depict this relationship that his followers will have with him. Let's read. Truly I tell you, this is verse 1 of chapter 10. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't em- enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He calls his own sheep by name. Sometimes I think when we, when we, we think God's speaking to us, he's like, uh, number 1.000 in Perth, WA. No, he knows your name. He's calling you by name. Whoo! The God of the universe, guys. The one who, who created everything knows your name, calling you by name, wooing you, drawing you near. There's power in that. And he leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. What's ahead of the sheep? There's danger. There's challenges. There's pitfalls. There's trouble. 
And our God, Jesus, the good shepherd, he's, he leads us out. And then he's like, okay, guys. He's not like, okay, guys, you can go, kind of go ahead. He's like, I'm out the front and I'm making a way. I'm, I'm the pioneer here. I'm plowing away every trouble and hardship that comes the way of the sheep I am getting rid of. That is the shepherd that we serve. He goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. And in this passage, to know his voice, it, it, it's not like knowing the answer to a maths problem. Stupid maths. Sorry, MJ, I know you love maths. Maths is awesome, but I hated maths at school. Goodness me. Who loves maths? Oh, there's a few. Who hated maths at school? There's more, yes. Who loves cats? No, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. So, so knowing, it's relational. It's a relational knowing. The translation here. The shepherd's voice has been perceived over time by the sheep. A respect and appreciation for his voice has, has been established to the point where the sheep are attuned, they're attentive to, they're seeking out, they're waiting for the shepherd's voice. There's trust at play. And as his people, as his flock, we know his voice intuitively because we've heard his call. That's why we're here today. We heard the call of the gospel. We heard his voice of love saying, hey, in your brokenness, in your sin, come to me. I, I, I will forgive you. I will heal you. I will pour, my, pour out my love upon you. We, we've all initially heard that call and we've responded. That's why we're here to go today. We know his voice. Trust that. And as we've progressed on our journey as a follower of Jesus, maybe his, his voice has become more consistent, more familiar as we've built daily rhythms, regular rhythms of listening to him. But alternatively, his voice may have become more sporadic. Other voices may have become louder and more influential. Voices of busyness and productivity, you've just got to achieve. Voices of comfort, apathy, that speak most clearly when you've set your alarm to wake up early to pray. <laughs> and you wake up and the alarm goes, and then that little voice, oh, just five minutes more in bed. It's cold outside. That voice of worry, of fear. Well, what if he doesn't speak? What if he doesn't rock up? That voice of unrealistic expectations thrust on us or, or that we put on ourselves, striving to earn our worth and value. Temptation to satisfy our desires with things other than God. And Jesus is aware of this. He's aware that there are other voices competing for his voice as the primary voice in our lives. And he alludes to it in this very passage we just read. You see, in a sheep pen in ancient Israel, there were likely multiple flocks housed in the one pen at night, each with their own shepherd. And so each flock had to develop a... I mean, think about the noise in that pen. Each flock had to develop a unique relationship with their shepherd 
and be attuned to His voice because there were so many other voices. There were so many other noises. It was of great importance that each individual sheep was able to perceive the voice of their shepherd above and separate to the other voices. Today, for you and I, for me, other voices can distract us from God's voice, right? How do, we, how do we hear God's voice then in this cacophony of noise in this world? How do we tune in and, and really hear His voice? Well, because God is God, He can and does speak in any way through anything. Read some of the Bible. Donkeys, <laughs> burning bushes. I mean, it's wild. But things like nature, things like our conscience, things like pain, circumstances, open doors, closed doors, opportunities, even our desires and feelings God can use to speak. In so many normal ways, God is speaking. Peter Gregg writes, most of the time we miss the voice of God, not because it's too strange, but because it's too familiar. He sounds like a song on the radio, a fleeting thought, the old man next door. The God of the universe is rarely weird. And the way God's voice is discerned and enhanced through all these different ways, and this is what I'm going to focus on today, is through number one, dialing up God's voice by engaging with three pillars of healing. Hearing, sorry. Let healing come as well. And dialing down the other voices by engaging with three circuit breakers of hearing. Dialing up God's voice by engaging with three pillars of hearing. I'm not going to spend heaps of time on this because you know where I'm going. Three pillars, three holy habits that hold up the structure of our spiritual lives, that carry the weight for us, that are there and are strong so that when we're having a, a tough time, those pillars still remain. And they're, they're incredible filters for discerning, for hearing the voice of God. They dial up the voice of God. They're in our purpose circles. It's the second circle of the purpose circles. Say them with me. Prayer, Bible, discipleship, community. A plus, guys. A plus, which is what I never got in maths at school. And the thing about these three pillars, and we've talked a lot about these three pillars. I'm not going to go into heaps of detail, but becoming familiar with God's voice through these pillars takes time. Developing these habits takes time. And I think sometimes we can beat ourselves up because we give it a crack for a week and it it doesn't really work. And so we, we think we're not doing it right. Holy habits take time. And a couple of weeks ago, I was able to go to a, a coffee cupping session at Micrology Coffee Roasters with none other than Thomas Hawkes, our incredible young adult leaders, Tom and Michaela. How, how incredible was Michaela with, with communion today? They're doing an amazing job. Anyway, it sounds really weird going for a cupping session, doesn't it? It's not. It's just coffee tasting. I don't know why they have to call it cupping, but yeah. It's basically just, there's a whole bunch of different beans from different origins and different techniques used to grow them and roast them. And then there's about 10 on the, on the, the, the counter and then we, we drink them and taste the difference. 
And what we learned here was that most of the mass-produced coffee, you know, the cheap stuff, is grown at low altitude. It's easier to grow, is a quick process, and there's a low quality. And, and this, this bean is kind of everywhere. It doesn't stand out, normal, average. Okay, it's, it's an okay type of bean. The standout coffee, the top shelf, the top quality coffee is grown at a higher altitude. It takes longer. It's a much harder process. But as time takes, its, takes place, the amazing flavours, the amazing notes are given time to infuse the bean. And many coffee growers just want the mass produced coffee. They're not willing to, to go to higher altitudes to work harder and spend longer for the better results. So they'll settle for the average run-of-the-mill bean. Now, I like coffee and I do not want to be a type of person who settles for an average run-of-the-mill coffee with shallow flavour. And I don't want that for you. I'm sick and tired of us settling for average run-of-the-mill bean. I also don't want to be a person who settles for an average run-of-the-mill shallow relationship with God. I'm over that. I'm kind of done with that. And I don't want that for you either. But there's no quick fix. There's no like fast pass, you know, an adventure world where you can pay extra and you can get in, uh, you know, you can cut the line. It's still, still wrong. You shouldn't be able to cut, cut a line. Spend too much time in line. I hate lines. But when someone cuts in, it's like, ooh, red, red flag at a bull to me. Well, what are you doing stepping in line? There's no fast pass for a rich, mature, deep trust relationship with God where we know and we hear and we follow His voice without hesitation. It's possible, but it takes time. And over the past 25 years walking with God, He's spoken to me through these three pillars on many occasions. Have I perfected them? No. Have I mastered them? Absolutely not. I could probably define it as I've stumbled forward in these pillars and bit by bit grown them in my life, but they remain constant. They remain as constant pillars in my life as ways to hear and discern the voice of God. When I want to know if God is speaking to me or when I want to know if God, this opportunity that's opened up to me is the right thing or what I should do in a particular circumstance, what I do is I pray. I go to God and I, and I spend time with God and I say, what would you have me do? Give me clarity as to the next step. I read the Word. I make sure that this opportunity or this step that I think God's asking me to take aligns with the Scriptures. And then I seek out wise counsel in this wonderful discipleship community. There is heaps of wise counsel. And I go to them and I say, what do you think about this? Three pillars to hear the voice of God. We dial up the voice of God by engaging in these three pillars of hearing. Not perfecting them, engaging with them. Build the habit and that could begin by just planning time with God. 
Now, I'm sure it happens to you as it happens to me. But there's some people in our world where, where we connect with, maybe it's at church or maybe we bump into them at the shops and, and we're like, hey, man, it'd be awesome to catch up for coffee or have a meal or, or yeah, it'd be great to catch up. And, and, and they're like, yeah, 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 no worries. And we end up catching up. There are other people in our worlds who we bump into and they're like, hey, 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 let's catch up. We're gonna, it's going to be amazing. Let's have a coffee. And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we never catch up. We all know there's people in our world. Is it because, what's the difference? Is it because that person, one person's good and one person's bad? No. Is it because we like one person more and, and one person less? Don't answer that. What's the difference? The difference is we make a plan. Book it in. We put it in our diary. It's It's simple. If you ask me to catch up and we don't have it in our diary, we won't catch up. We'll just wait till the next random time we bump into each other at the shopping centre and it'll be really awkward. And here's what I hear the heart of God calling out to us today. He's like, let's catch up. Let's spend time together. Whether in prayer, whether in the Bible, whether in discipleship community. And we're like, yeah, 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 God, that sounds great. As we go back to scrolling on our phone, get back to the busyness of life. We don't book it in. We don't make a a time and a place. We don't commit to that plan to regularly catch up with our God. And I hear God saying, you want to catch up? I'm here. I'm ready. When? 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 I'm here. When? When? He's so patient. He's not going to bang the door down, but he's going to keep knocking. But the more we say no to that knock, the more we are not able to have a rhythm and build a a habit in our lives, the knocks will get quieter. Tyler Statton again on on a habit of prayer. Prayer is about love. And that means it cannot be sustained on fluttery feelings, good intentions and spontaneous moments alone. This one gets me to the heart. (laughs) It needs a container. Something like the fidelity of a marriage, a set of practices or rituals within which that love can grow and mature and blossom. It makes a lot of sense. A daily prayer rhythm is about fidelity It has absolutely everything to do with love and absolutely nothing to do with legalism. I just want a spontaneous relationship with God that when I think about Him, I'll pray, give me a break. That doesn't work. I've tried it. That doesn't work. It takes time. And it takes discipline and self-control to make a plan and to stick to it. But we can do it, people. It can take place. We can grow in this area. So let's dial up God's voice by engaging with three pillars of hearing. And let's dial down the other voices by engaging with three circuit breakers of hearing. I'm not an expert on circuit breakers. There is an expert in here. His name's Ben Spitcher. He is uh, recently a qualified electrician. Is he here? He's just qualified as an electrician. 
He's, where is he? He's sitting in the back row there. Congratulations, mate. That takes commitment. It's a four-year apprenticeship, right? That's insane. Well done. That's amazing. So good. So good. He, he's the expert. Go speak to him. He's like, oh, man, Pastor Ben, you should have told me earlier. I could have got you a circuit breaker. I could have brought one in. I'm like, are they massive? He's like, no, they're little. That's not how he speaks. <laughs> but he's Italian. I love Italian people. Best people in the world. Circuit breakers are switches, little, little switches that protect a circuit from damage by interrupting the current flow and r- preventing the risk of an overload resulting in electrical fire. Harrison couldn't work at Domino's last night because Domino's had an electrical fire and the store was closed. People, people are a bit upset that they went, to, they went to get pizza last night and electrical fire. They didn't have a circuit breaker. Disappointing. Circuit breakers, they probably did. Circuit breakers are designed to interrupt, to disrupt, and to stop the current. Interrupt, disrupt, and stop the current. And it's important. I'm so hot. I need to take my jacket off. Sorry. Sorry, I just got my cigarettes in there. <laughs> Have a durry. I don't smoke, by the way. I've never smoked. I just, it just looked like, I don't know, anyway. It's important that you and I have circuit breakers. That took another turn. The open heaven is closing. Man, man, it's like I, I just think of Marvel Stadium and the the. the yeah, anyway. It's important that you and I have circuit breakers in our lives. Oh, it's so important because you and I are so susceptible to an overload of a current flow of the culture we live in that says you're too busy to seek God. You're not good enough for God to love you. God doesn't care about your situation. Look at what's happening. There's no hope for you. That's just life. Just move on. And the current flow of these other voices, they need to be interrupted. They need to be disrupted. And they need to stop. Because what they're doing is they're guiding and shaping our lives and our direction and the way we parent and the decisions that we make and how we do finances. They need to be interrupted because they're not the voice of God. And the current, sorry, the, the circuit breakers of fasting, silence and solitude dial down these other voices in order to dial up the voice of God. The first circuit breaker is fasting. And in a world centred around feeding our flesh, satisfying worldly desires, diarising our lives around our next meal, isn't, that's just insane. We don't even think twice. Our lives are designed, our rhythms are designed around eating. Fasting is a circuit break in the midst of this that followers of Jesus have included in their rhythm of life since the birth of the church. 
And fasting is intentionally giving up something costly in our world, most, mostly food that has a time component in order to draw near to and grow our dependence on God. And what it can do is it can train us that when we get tired, when we're frustrated, when things don't go our way in life, instead of turning to food or alcohol or entertainment, instead we turn to Jesus who is at the very centre and we trust Him to fulfil us in ways that aren't an instant hit, but in ways that are so much more fulfilling. And six years ago, I needed freedom in some areas of my life that I've been battling with for decades. And they were holding me back. I was believing a bunch of lies. Other voices were louder than God's voice. And I'd, I'd gone and spoken to wise counsel. I'd received prayer. I'd, I'd declared the Word of God over my life and nothing had changed. And so I decided that I, I, I should step into a, a season of prayer and fasting and I decided to fast one day a week for a season. It ended up being about six to eight months. One day a week, no food. And in those meal times on that 24-hour period, I would, I would pray. I would prayer walk. And I brought these areas of focus relentlessly before God. And initially nothing happened. And I was disappointed. It just felt hard. It felt legalistic. It felt like I was wasting my time. But gradually as I continued, shift came. My goodness, freedom came. Healing and empowering for my future came. And I remember just after I finished this season, I got up and preached and I got down and some people came up to me and they're like, what is going on with you? What has happened? Something's changed. Something's shifted in you. And I just had a smile on my face because I knew that that tangible change wasn't because I was just working harder or covering my gear better. It was just that God had done an incredible work in me. And at the start of the year, I felt to commit. I felt God asked me to commit to four, four weeks of prayer and fasting in the year. And I've, I've, I've done two, and this will be my third. And, oh, where's the... And I actually uh, have journaled for one of them. And I, I just, I just want to share a couple of things that I've written in this, in this week that I did at the start of the year, just to, just to help you understand the journey that you go on <laughs> and the challenge that takes place. So, we, so day one, I look forward to the simplicity of the week with, with many distractions and secondary things being set aside. I look forward to meeting with my God. Day two. Being immersed in the things of God feels right. It feels like alignment. I feel like I'm slowly detoxing from the things of this world, but it's still early. <laughs> Day three, there's a wrestle going on. <laughs> the purging of the desires of the flesh and the breaking in of God's reality, the natural and the supernatural meeting, merging, uniting, creating. What are you creating in me, Lord? <laughs> the questions. <laughs> Day four, the headaches have set in. <laughs> This isn't a great sell, is it? I'm thinking about more how long I have left as opposed to the opportunities I have with God. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Day five, I'm your beloved son. The things of this world are not enough. I pushed through that, that dark night of the soul. 
Uncover the deep well, awaken me, God. What an experience. It's felt like the hardest of times and yet it has gone like that. Thank you for your love. It has changed me inextricably. Thank you for holding me and carrying me this week in my weakness. You are strong. (laughs) Circuit breaker number two, silence. I'm going to skip quickly through these. Mark Batterson writes, If you want to hear the heart of God, silence is key. If you want the Spirit of God to fill you, be still. And I've, just, I've just been working on adding silence into my prayer time, my, my daily devotion with God. And it's just an amazing time to be able to let go, let go of control, and just let God speak in any way He wants to speak. And there's a great interview on YouTube with Tyler Statton and Peter Gregg on this to- topic, and I encourage you to check that out. Last circuit break of solitude. I have the band come up, please. Sanguines are going to hate me here. Solitude. What do you mean? Planning time away from other people to be alone with God? That's like torture. It's actually awesome. It's really important to draw, to draw aside. Jesus did it regularly. And it's really, it's really a good thing to consider in our lives, whether it's a walk along the beach, whether it's a 24-hour period, where other noises, other people's opinions can actually be dialed down and God's voice be dialed up. Henry Nguyen, solitude is the furnace of transformation. Without solitude, we remain victims of our society and continue to be entangled in the illusions of the false self. Solitude is the place of the great struggle and the great encounter the struggle against compulsions of the false self and the encounter with the loving God who offers himself as the substance of the new self. Three pillars of hearing to dial up the voice of God. Three circuit breakers of hearing to dial down the other voices. And this upcoming week of prayer and fasting is a powerful combination of the two. It's a pillar building, circuit breaking time to bring us back to what is most important a trusting, loving, growing relationship with God. I need it. We as a church need it. We need it for our souls. We need it for our kids. We need it for our community. This quote's going to be offensive to some people. The modern church's best kept secret is this. We believe in productivity, not prayer. I'm sorry, God. We believe in solid programs, connect groups, above average teaching, and yet another worship album release. That's success, right? The church's underground atheism in our time is that we will busy ourselves with almost anything except prayer. God, we need you. God, we need you. Would you burst the the sacred cows that we've built up that we think are the most important things, but, but we haven't prayed? Would you lead us lovingly into prayer, into your presence? 
my Lord. And so the schedule for the week of prayer and fasting is going to come up now and you might want to take a photo or it's online. We've got a a whole web page on our church website that has the schedule, that has a fasting FAQ, that has the video that, that Kaz and I sent in the latest. We're beginning this Wednesday, the 23rd of August. We're beginning with worship, live worship. The band's coming to play and lead us in a time of worship and waiting. And then we're going to come together for daily prayer. Some of those will be in person. Some will be on Instagram Live. And each prayer meeting to help us starts with a time beginning with a seven. It might be AM, it might be PM, it might be in person, it might be Insta Live, but that's what the schedule's for. And then we finish off at Wednesday night, gather the following week, the 30th of August, with some food afterwards as well, which is going to be cool. And so during this week, we're going to fast something. Maybe a meal a day. Maybe a type of food throughout. Maybe we're just going to eat fruit and veg. You might have heard of the Daniel fast, and that's mostly eating fruit and veg. Or maybe we're just going to go a liquid fast. Or it could be no socials, no screens at night. Instead, we'll put praise and worship on and read the Word or read a book on how to hear God. And those three books that I've quoted a fair bit today are available out in the foyer to purchase. And I encourage you, I I, I totally recommend those three books. But what's really important is that we're not religious about it. We're not legalistic about it. That each of us are different, so we can't compare. And that there's a sacrifice element. It's got to cost us. It's got to hurt. Because in that pain, we're drawn to God. So what does God want to say? For some of us, He's wanting us to stop. He's bringing a word of conviction. Stop. Stop that sinful lifestyle. Confess that sin, repent, receive His forgiveness and love and step out into a brand new life of freedom. Stop listening to the voices of the world to give, shape your identity. Maybe it's to start. Start a new season, start a new habit, start that new friendship or that work relationship. Maybe it's to step. Step out in faith. Take that opportunity to to share our testimony or share the gospel with someone in our world or offer to pray. Some of us are playing it too safe. Some of us have got ridiculous dreams from God on the inside that He's spoken to us and we know He's spoken to us. And we can't deny that that crazy God dream is on the inside of us, but somehow we've pushed that stuff down. Maybe this season is the season to allow that dream to awaken again. You weren't created for normal. You and I weren't created for some robotic existence. Come on. Let's break out of this rat race. There's greatness in you. Let it rise. For some of us, it's to stay. Stand on a word He's already spoken to us. Keep doing what you're doing. Remain, abide in Him because strength in your standing, strength is coming. It's being infused. Healing is taking place as you stay in that place close to God. 
Maybe it's to shed, to shed a view of ourselves, to shed that judgment of others, that disappointment, that frustration. Maybe it's to shed, as Mark Batterson writes, a spiritual codependency where we're living our faith through someone else's relationship with God. It's time to lean in for ourselves. Or maybe it's to sharpen. Maybe God's preparing you. Get ready. Open your eyes. Open your ears. There's more to learn. He's, he's sharpening, a, sharpening a hearing and a sight for the opportunities that are going to come. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.